The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, we have a huge week on tap, but first we have to round up what all went down in week nine of college football. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 be sure to head on over to puntandpass.com to check out our picks. We were both 3-2 and two this past week. We're looking pretty good for the season. Our Halloween spooky special hit also. Free money. Head on over to puntandpass.com. It's got our YouTube page, our merch shop, my blog. It's got it all. Puntandpass.com. All right, Aaron. We just need to dive right into it. First off, we have an awesome slate of games coming up this weekend. We will touch more so on those games later on this week on our preview pod of punt and pass, but man, a lot went down on the field this past weekend, and let's just dive right into it. I guess we'll start with Georgia, okay? Georgia won in Lexington. They beat Kentucky 14-3. to Georgia was a 17-point favorite. Like my friend Graham told me, he crushed the numbers, he did the math. It's hard to cover a 17-point spread when you only score 14 points. <laughs> you were spot on with your prediction, Aaron, and I posted the clip. You said Kentucky is going to score single digits. Georgia's defense should score, and they will hardly pass the 50-yard line. Much of that came true. People are wondering, though, what is going to happen with this Georgia-Florida game that's heading up this weekend. Georgia had a ton of attrition with a bunch of injuries. I'll stop talking. Let's dive right into this thing. Your thoughts. Listen, we said it last week, too. I mean, this is going to be who Georgia is. I mean, they're going to play great defense. They're going to run the football and they're going to win games by, you know, not blowing teams out. I mean, that's just that's that's who they are. That's the personnel. That's just that's them. Is that good enough? And everyone's like, well, that's not good enough to beat Alabama. Well, maybe it isn't this year. And obviously it didn't happen a few weeks ago. And I can't guarantee you that somehow it's going to happen if they make it to the SC championship game like you know, you just have to be realistic sometimes. Just say, listen, we just don't have the team this year. Yes, we have an elite defense. There's no question about it. But right now, that offense is just they're, – they're not they're, – they're good. They're okay. Yeah. They're fine. They're decent. They they're, the they're, not, they're not sexy. So this just isn't the year. When you look at teams like Clemson, when you look at teams like Alabama, when you look at Ohio State that play well on both sides of the football, and Alabama's defensively is getting better on the defense side of the football – they just don't match up. So 
Um, it's just not the year. That's plain and simple. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's yeah. just not the year, unfortunately, because of the lack of talent on the outside of the football right now. Yeah, I mean, you said it. Georgia is what they are. They need to run the ball. They need to play great defense. First drive in Lexington, 12 plays, 12 runs, offensive line, pushing the line of scrimmage. Zamir White looking extremely effective, but you knew they were going to start throwing the ball. And to your point, you know, the talent level that's there, the horses that the coaches have, during the summer, when Jamie Newman was there, when JT Daniels was presumed healthy, when George Pickens was a preseason All-American, when Zamir White was coming off that Baylor performance and supposed to be a, a legitimate top-tier SEC running back, which he very well still may be, you're sitting there going, Georgia does have the horses, especially with Todd Munkin coming in from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the success he had at Oklahoma State. But the attrition that's happened on the roster, Jamie Newman opts out, JT Daniels, who knows what the hell is going on. Dewan Mathis gets his chance, gets pulled after four series. Pro Football Focus has Arkansas as the number two rated defense in the SEC. Aaron, he got a raw deal. Dewan yep. Mathis, that is. And now you've got Stetson Bennett. Can Stetson get the job done against middle and lower tier teams? Certainly. But against mm-hmm. guys like Alabama, which we saw two weeks ago when he was exposed, and even against Kentucky, whose defense is middle tier, maybe a little bit upper tier. They've got a pretty good yeah. defensive line. They've got good players on the back end as well. Stetson, I think it's maddening for most fans. Aaron, I text you during the game. He anchors down in the pocket like he's a 6'4 quarterback. And, and to me, that seems troublesome because clearly he knows his weakness is his height, which he can't do anything about. But he can adjust week after week, find throwing lanes, get outside the pocket, don't repeat the same mistakes, okay? Coach Lilly, who I still love, he's the tight ends coach and an offensive coach for the UNC Tar Heels, he used to say to us, if you make a mistake, that's okay. That's a coaching error on my part. If you continue to repeat the same mistake, that's on you, and we might start looking elsewhere. I don't know. The, the interception to kind of kill the momentum when Georgia's offense was rolling, that just hurt my feelings a little bit. And you're sitting there going, man, with the Florida game here, what is going to happen? Well, and, and let's go back, and, and I love what Pollock said this week. You sent it to me, that tweet about, you know, if this is going to be your offense of just running the football, why not put a quarterback that gives you a little bit more of a threat of running it into one methods? And then, yeah. listen, <laughs> I hate to just beat a dead horse, but I've been saying it since the beginning of the season – if your offense is going to be a running offense along with a great defense, then yes, put a kid in there that can be a little bit more dynamic. And, and listen, he's um, and someone who also is going to grow as a passer as this season goes on. So, or goes on. And um, I don't know, man, it's just, it, it's, it's tough to watch. It really is to watch that offense. Uh, the good thing is at least you don't have to watch it for long because the game went by <laughs> in about three hours. That's the one positive. Like, listen, if this is going to be how it is, Games are just going to fly by, and then you could just forget about it and say, hey, you know what? At least at the end of the day, we got a W. Yeah. We're 4-1, and one, uh, and let's move on. But, you know, the way Florida's defense played this past weekend, you know, they were all right. I think uh, Missouri definitely shot themselves in the foot a ton. Um, but it's, 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 it's you know, if, if they improve after, you know, their three weeks off and improved after a decent performance here against Missouri, you know, I just can't have confidence in Georgia – to say that Georgia's going to be able to score 20-plus points against Florida. I just don't know how you're going to be able to do it. You know, I, if you can't score 20 points against Kentucky, I, I don't think you can score 20 points-plus against Florida. And then all of a sudden you look at Florida's offense and what they're able to do. 
And then you look at yeah. all the guys you mentioned, the guys that are hurt right now, LeCount probably is not going to be playing this yeah. weekend. It's just, I don't know, man. It's a little bit scary. I don't want to make predictions yet. It's only Monday. Don't peak too soon. But uh, it's just Georgia is definitely down. It's crazy. They're four and one, but it's an ugly four and yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, it's ugly. And historically, let's just put this in context. Historically, when Georgia goes to Lexington, the games are a little bit lower scoring. The energy level is obviously lower as well, especially this year when fan capacity is at 20% or whatever it is. But it's concerning, and I think that's the main thing. It's concerning, especially with the track that Georgia has to get back to Atlanta to compete for an SEC championship. Let's be clear. I mean, the hard part of the schedule is far behind them. If they get over this Florida hump somehow, some way, it is coasting down Main Street to Atlanta to fight for an SEC championship. You mentioned the injuries. And, I mean, my God, every drive it seemed like a Georgia defensive starter was going out. Mm -hmm. Defensive tackles Jordan Davis and Julian Rochester are out indefinitely. They won't be in action this week. Richard LeClown gets back to Athens. I heard he was on a dirt bike. I mean, I hope he's okay. Ron Corson put out a statement yesterday. Ron is the athletic trainer at the University of Georgia that said his injuries are not life-threatening. I believe he suffered a mild concussion, maybe some action to his ribs as well. It seems like he won't be available this weekend, but again, that timetable has not been disclosed. Lewis Seen, Clay Walker, Ben Cleveland, Tyreek Stevenson, Kenny McIntosh, George Pickens, all uncertain. I mean, I highly doubt that all of them don't play, but when you're looking at a roster that is depleted like that, one, you say, yikes. Two, you say, thankfully, Georgia does have depth now because of the recruiting that they have been able to accomplish. But man, going up against Florida this upcoming weekend, it seems like it's going to be a, a what-are-you-made-of type game. And when I say that, it will determine what happens for Georgia in 2020. Now, yep. let's continue this conversation. We know Georgia's playing Florida. The biggest action, of course, for our listeners of Punt and Pass this past weekend was what happened in the Florida game. Florida hosted Missouri. They took care of business in a big way. They beat Mizzou 41-17. to But at halftime, or the last play of the half, Aaron, there was an all-out brawl. I mean, a yep. melee. Huge punches being thrown. Um, unlike anything I've seen. And Aaron, you took some dirty hits as quarterback. Uh, everybody will remember the Auburn game back in 2011, I believe it was, or 2010, excuse me. And sure, there was some pushing around, maybe some extracurriculars. Nothing like this. An absolute melee at halftime. I didn't think the hit was that dirty. Our former teammate Hudson Mason was on the call on the SEC Network alternate channel. He, of course, was a quarterback as well. Look, if you're in the pocket and there's five seconds left in the half and you throw a Hail Mary... You're a live player. It's not like you just yeah. get a pass. Um, did you think the hit was dirty? And then we'll dive into the, uh, the no. I mean, you could say maybe a little bit unnecessary, but I don't think it was. I don't think it warranted a full out brawl. That's for sure. You know, yeah. That I think they took it to a whole nother level. I think Dan Mullen took it to a whole nother level. Um, yeah. I, listen, I, I know you want to protect your quarterback. I know you, um, you know, especially a guy as 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 playing as well as Kyle Trask right now. But I listen. I I just. I compare it to what happened to me against Auburn, and yeah. those were some dirty hits. I mean, what Nick Fairley did to me, uh, not to bitch and moan about it, but that stuff is not supposed to be a football <laughs> game. Bullshit. It was. And, and this and was this, not. This was in no, the pocket right after he's thrown. Yes, I agree. So, listen, was it was it a little bit too much? Yes. Was it dirty? No. Uh, and definitely, like I said, did not warrant a full-on team brawl where guys are throwing haymakers at each other. And then Dan Mullen coming in out of the locker room, pumping the fans up yeah. to – 
to egg yes. everyone on some more. I just think it, it, it went to a whole other level. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we talk about Georgia and, and guys not playing this weekend because of injury. You know, maybe there's some suspensions for that Florida team now, too, that uh, they'll be hobbling into the game as well. But I just think overall, Florida gained a lot of confidence from this game. And Georgia right now, I don't know, man. I just uh, go back to I just don't know if you have a lot of confidence heading into this game this week. And I think they're still like, you know, defense is probably pissed off at the offense. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're not going to go out there and crap the bed. I think the Georgia defense has too much pride to do that. But it is frustrating. It's frustrating when you're playing defense and you're seeing your offense week in and week out, not perform, turn the ball over, um, and and just not, you know, not take not not taking care of their side of the football. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 tough. Like I said, it's tough to watch for us as fans. It's I'm sure it's tough to watch for the defense, and they're going to be missing some of their best players this weekend. So we'll see if if Kirby can rally the troops for these guys in practice. So so what will the aftermath be? That's the biggest question. And in typical punt and pass fashion, we're recording this at 11 a.m. Monday, November second. As soon as I hit publish on this episode. News will break, all the suspensions will come out, and you and I will just have to tweet about it. But will Dan Mullen be suspended? Okay, that's the biggest question right here. Yes, he came out of the locker room after to pump the fans up, and I'm about to show you a video right here that Barrett Salee from CBS Sports just put up on Instagram. And Aaron, he says, I've heard Florida fans say that Mullen was running to talk to the referees before the melee happened. No, he wasn't. He literally runs between two officials and straight to the Missouri players. Here's the video. Salee adds he should be suspended. If the goal is to change behavior, a fine won't do that. Now, Aaron, watch this video because this is the first time I've seen it. And it is pretty damning, especially when you think the officials, the SEC officials in Birmingham will be viewing this as well. This is bad luck for Mullen. I wonder what's going to happen. Tell me if you can see this. I can see it. Light right there. Ooh, right, right through the officials, yelling at the players. Okay, do I need to uh, press play again? Check us out on YouTube. I'm gonna hit this one more time. He's getting animated, Coach yeah, Mullen he's is. Animated, but watch him. He runs directly through these two referees and straight to the Missouri defensive lineman. See ya. Field goal post. Yelling at these guys. And then everything breaks out after that, and it's a full-on melee. I really wonder what's going to happen. And what I don't think I don't think Mullen's going to get suspended for that. I don't know. That is no. inciting a riot. I mean, in, in 2020. Oh, you know don't be so soft. On. Okay, but listen, that, that, listen. I'm, he should have. I agree. I mean, listen. He, he once again it went a little bit too far, but he does not deserve to be suspended for running up and. Yelling at someone to get off his quarterback. I don't know. I mean, all he was missing is a Molotov cocktail to throw in the middle of that field and just absolutely go on full protest. Here's two things, okay? And then we'll start talking a little bit more about what else that happened and wrap this thing up. I'm watching SEC football final after the Arkansas-Texas A&M game. Arkansas, our Halloween spooky special, plus 12, backdoor cover, no-brainer. Roman Harper goes on SEC football final, and I kid you not, this is what he says. He said that there should be zero suspensions, zero players on Missouri or Florida, and especially Dan Mullen. There should be zero suspensions after the Mizzou-Florida fight because he said next week matters. (laughs) And he says the league shouldn't punish itself because the coaches got it right in the second half. That 
is crazy town. Go back to last year. We'll keep it in Georgia context. George Pickens gets in a fight with a Georgia Tech player. He has to miss the first half of the SEC championship game the next week. There are consequences to actions like this. Reggie Bush from Fox Sports says, these players had every right to respond like this. You hit our quarterback in the face like that, you're going to catch hell from us. Again, I agree. Aaron, when you got cheap-shotted by Nick Fairley, guys stick up for you. That is football. But if you respond in that manner, consequences follow. There have to be suspensions to change the behavior, right? Now we will see what those suspensions will be. Will Mullen coach? Will he be out for a half? What players get brought down with some consequences as well on both sides? But it was a crazy, crazy melee, and there has to be actions. Yes, there has to be. If you're going to throw punches, um, there, there's no place in the football game for that. So, yes, that that. sorry, Roman Harper. They don't get a free pass just because they were good boys <laughs> there in the second half and no one threw any punches. I mean, they, you have to discipline these kids uh, for their actions on their field or they're just going to continue to do it and say, oh, you know, hey, we got Alabama next week or we have this big game. So, you know, let's start a fight because we're not going to get suspended because the SEC wants us to play next week in that big game. I mean, you're, you're sending a terrible message. You got to discipline them. I expect multiple guys on both teams to be disciplined for, for their actions this past weekend, uh, right there before halftime. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. These storylines brewing into the Georgia Florida game this weekend will be fascinating to watch unfold. Yep. And another thing that was fascinating yesterday, and I always wait for this tweet to come out around 4 PM on a Sunday, Aaron, that Georgia is your casual five-point favorite heading into wow. this weekend, which is just crazy to me. It's crazy Vegas. Me. Uh, I and hate that Vegas. Stinks. That that line stinks out loud. You're like, what? Did you just watch the Georgia game? They just scored 14 points. Florida put up 41. What are we even talking about? Vegas says they like the defense over the offense. And somebody tweeted me this. You know, with all the injuries that came down, with how porous. The offense looks. Drew, are you still going to pick Georgia? And I said, as long as Dan Mullen is coaching, I think I will. I think I will. I have said this forever, Aaron. I can't take Dan Mullen over Kirby Smart until he beats him. And that's where I'm standing right now. I'll be really interested to see what comes out. And I promise you, as soon as this this is published, news will come out about the suspensions. And I'm really interested to listen to Kirby's press conference today at noon because he's going to have to talk about these injuries. He's going to have to talk about the quarterback position. That storyline is not going anywhere. No. And um, you just you, – I'll, I'll say this, though, and I, this is the last thing I'll say. At least we can say JT's not the guy. You know, I let's guess, just right? – that's it. I think I think right now, as of right now, JT is not playing this season. Unless something happens to the other two quarterbacks, enough – the fans can let's, – let's just move on. Let's just burn it. And move on because he's the number three guy. The way Stetson has played, he would have been in there by now, especially this past weekend, the way Stetson played. You know your defense is doing your thing. If you wanted him to get reps, he would have gotten reps in this football game. So let's move on. He is not going to be suiting up for the Bulldogs this year unless something just absolutely crazy happens with the other two quarterbacks. I, I, I he's just not good. Yeah, he's not I mean, good. That, that has to be it, right? I mean, look, if you're not good enough, they're not going to play you. If you're yes. healthy – and not good enough, coaches won't play you. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what your previous accomplishments were. I don't give a damn how many stars you have when you are a recruit. If you don't perform well in practice, coaches do not put you in a game. So I agree with you, Aaron. Burn that narrative. And another narrative that should be burned, it's Monday all the way through Saturday. Stetson's starting at quarterback on Saturday. 
They will start Stetson Bennett at quarterback on Saturday. Duan Mathis may get in the game, but he ain't starting, barring some crazy injury that happens. Knock on wood. We don't want that to happen. So burn those two narratives. Just get ready for a wild week of news and storylines, and then tune back into punt and pass later on this week because we're going to break this thing down. And based off of our performances the past couple weeks, Aaron, follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at punt and pass. You and I are absolutely nails with our predictions. So hats off to you, my man. All right, let's round this thing up. Michigan lost to Michigan State. They were a three-touchdown favorite. Uh, The Big Ten seems to be in big trouble outside of Ohio State. But Jim Harbaugh, dude, what is going on? Joe Milton had a great debut. Yeah, he played played fine in this game too, though. I mean, for a young kid, he played plenty fine. It's just, you know, the fact that um, Harbaugh is, what, one in six at home versus Michigan State and Ohio State, you know, they – I mean, as a head coach, you have to win your rivalry games. I mean, that's the biggest thing with, with Jeremy Pruitt is Jeremy Pruitt hasn't closed the gap and he's not winning the games, especially the rivalry games. And that's that's an issue for coaches. And fans can only take that for so long, man. They're, they're sick of losing to their big-time rivals. They're sick of being embarrassed. And and for Jim Harbaugh, it's at home too. It's not like you're losing these games on the road. Yes. We're okay. It's tough. We understand. You're losing in your own house. So it's a little bit embarrassment to go along with with that as well, especially when you're three touchdown favorites. Uh, and you had a great performance week one to kind of just fall like that. I did see a funny tweet, though. Someone did say, well, you know, at least he's being unselfish. At least we can stop with the Michigan narrative in week two and we can just move on, <laughs> yeah. burn it, and not have to talk time. about yeah, now we don't have to worry about them disappointing us later in the season when they do end up losing at some point. So at least we don't have to talk about Michigan the rest of the season. Yeah, and you know what? Shout out to Mel Tucker, former defensive yeah. coordinator at Georgia. Shout out to Connor Hayward, who got the fumble recovery late in the game and scored a couple of touchdowns. Connor is the younger brother of Cameron Hayward, who was my teammate at Peachtree Ridge High School. So shout out to Connor. Shout out to Peachtree Ridge High School. But look, I mean, is Michigan dead for the season? No, not yet. But they better pick it up. They can't afford to lose these games. And like you said, one and six against your rivals at home. Is that what you said? I mean, that's absolutely brutal. Not going to get it done. Um, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Yikes. Texas ends the Big 12's college football playoff. Did you watch that game? Oh, yeah. Of course I watched it. That was my call of the week. Sat there and told you they're going to win outright. I mean, Oklahoma State did everything in their in their power to lose that game from turnovers. Oh, yeah. Then 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 Texas is punting the ball, and all they have to do is just run the clock out when they get the ball back. Dude runs into the punter, roughing the punter. Texas gets it, scores. I'm like, are you? Why are you rushing the punter? That's so stupid. Your offense has played fine. Besides just the stupid turnovers, Oklahoma State. That game was over right yeah. then and there. I think. Yeah. As soon as Texas decided to punt, punt the ball, I'm like, game over. I'm covering because they're up by four at that point. I'm like, woo woo, doing my happy dance in the, in <laughs> Cover, the, in the yeah, booth. Exactly. Um, and then they run into the freaking punter, man. Oklahoma State found every way to lose that football game. And that just once again proves to the point that we've been saying since week one that that conference doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs because even their best team doesn't know how to win football games. Yep. They find ways to lose it. Elite teams don't find ways to lose. Look at Clemson this weekend. Things are tough. They got some injuries on defense. Their starting quarterbacks not there. They're losing at the second, at the beginning of the second half. They found a way to win the football game. Oklahoma State, Big 12, they find ways to lose football games. Yeah. So finally, too, along with Michigan, we have to talk about them. We can stop talking about the Big 12. 
and continue to pump our boys Cincinnati yes. into the playoffs because they are playing great football. Cincinnati beat Memphis 49-10. to 10. I text you in the game. I go, Cincinnati is a damn good football team. Damn and good football team. attrition in the Big 12, I think Oklahoma State's out at this point, obviously. Big 10, who knows? Will Ohio State slip up? I don't think so. But Cincinnati's got the inside track to the college football playoff right now. Of course, those rankings come out later on this month. It is November. Aaron, is the number seven ranked team in the nation for real, yes or no? That being Texas A&M. Um, they're good. Yeah, listen, they're, they're a good football team. And right now, Kellen Mond is playing, uh, some of the best football I've seen, you know, yeah, obviously they, they, time. he just broke, time. uh, Johnny Manziel's all time yardage yeah. record, I think at Texas. A&M. Well, and, and, and we can look at the rest of their schedule, South Carolina, know. Tennessee, Ole Miss, they rounded out with and LSU and Auburn. The only team right now that I could see taking them down is at Auburn mm-hmm. end of the season. I mean, Auburn is playing well too at the moment. So, and they're a Taylor team that is finding ways to win, whether it's through themselves or through the referee's assistant. But I mean, they kicked LSU's ass this yeah. weekend. So, Woo. you know, the way AM's playing, uh, defensively, they're playing well, offensively, doing their thing. Um, yeah, man, I told I, I, I there's some talk about, okay, could they be the number four team in the playoffs if, if you're going to put a fourth SEC team in or excuse me, a second SAC team in? I don't, I don't know because of the way they got embarrassed by Alabama, and if Alabama's one of those teams, why, why put them in there? They yeah. had their chance against another playoff team, and they got their butt waxed. What was it, 52-24? to 24. Yeah. So to me, once again, I would rather put an undefeated Cincinnati team in there Absolutely. and see what they can do over putting a team that's already been getting their butt whooped by another SEC team uh, early on in the season. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you at this point. Uh, I was very impressed with Auburn, but also equally disappointed in LSU. They did not look good. You called it. TJ Finley, with a week of film, Auburn knew what to expect. They suffocated LSU. They took advantage of turnovers. They kicked their ass. Um, How about Clemson? Clemson's going to be going up to Notre Dame this weekend without Trevor Lawrence. DJ Uwe Ungalele. He played nice. all right. You know, I didn't think it was necessarily that bad. Clemson's defense, though. My God, Boston College was doing whatever they well, wanted. He, listen, he played great. He took care of the football. Yeah. He had a high completion percentage. He had a rushing touchdown. Well, I'm not talking um, about in comparison to what people are, are used to with Trevor Lawrence. I agree with I you. I thought he played fine. Star? Absolutely. I thought he played exceptionally fine. Um, you know, he, he had some issues throwing that, the, you know, the out route to the left. Couple of those sailed on him, but I mean, you can't expect perfection for the kid's first damn game. And then the fact that the defense is playing the worst it's probably played. I mean, how crazy is this? You're getting your first start, number one team in the country, and all of a sudden your defense decides not to show up in the first half and you're losing the game. What was it? Uh, 13 to 20 at halftime. I'm like, what a terrible place. You know, you were hoping it would be nice and easy. ETN runs the football, defense gets a couple turnovers. I can kind of ease into this game. It was like, no, man, you better be ready to ball out from the, from the first whistle. <laughs> the way Get Boston College was able to march down the field, put 14 points up in the first quarter. So a uh, good football game. Maybe this was Clemson's scare this season. Um, you know, like they're like Georgia. They had a bunch of guys that weren't playing in this football game on both sides. So if they're able to get healthy, I still think Clemson's a better football team than Notre Dame. I think they win it, but it's obviously going to be really interesting. You know, same thing we talk about with TJ Finley. Now teams have uh, can can kind of scout this quarterback. They've seen him. They've seen what he can do, what he can't do, his limitations. And Notre Dame's a damn good defense. You know, that's the one thing Notre Dame has been consistent with this year. Offense has been up and down, but they play good defense. So I think it's going to be a closer game than when, you know, if – uh, the, the long-haired, beautiful man, uh, Trevor Lawrence, was in there. But, um, you know, 
Clemson's still a more complete team than Notre Dame is. Yep, I agree with you. Um, going to be an awesome weekend of college football. Two top ten matchups. Number one, Clemson heading up to South Bend to take on number four, Notre Dame. That game's at 7.30 p.m. on NBC. And then, of course, Georgia-Florida. Florida's ranked eighth. Georgia's ranked fifth. This is seemingly going to be for the SEC East and a couple of other games that we'll touch on later on in the week. Um, tons to follow. We will keep it locked in. Closing thoughts on Javon Wims yesterday. Good um, Lord. I've never seen anything like that on a football <clears> field. When Fox replayed it, they were like, um, where is this coming from? He literally ran away from the DB that was covering him, went over to the guy. I forget his last name. It's slipping me right now. But he did play at Florida, which is actually pretty timely. Georgia, Florida being this weekend. Javon being a bulldog. He, it looked like he ripped his chain off of him and then swung on him and started a huge fight. I mean, swung on his ass. Um, hilarious memes on social media about it. Absolutely baffling sequence of events. Yep. I don't know what happened, but I'm seeing videos today, and Javon came out and said, and you see it on film, he said that guy spit in his face and ripped off his mouth guard. I didn't see the spit, but Aaron, you see this DB, they're kind of jawing at each other, and he yanks his mouth guard right off of his face mask. And let me just say, in this day, in a pandemic with COVID going on, don't touch another man's mouth guard. Don't spit. Don't don't spit on someone too during that's right a, now. Are you trying to kill me? That, I mean, that's, that's a double. That's a I mean, that's assault. If, and that's look, assault. if Javon gets fined, that guy should get fined for spitting in his face during a pandemic. What are we yes. doing? I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, it was the craziest thing. I'm like, what the hell did this guy say about his mom uh, to make him go out there and just start randomly oh punching God. him? Oh, what a what an entertaining week of uh, weekend of football, both college and NFL. And you know, I'm just so happy we have it once again. We could have been sitting on our butts all weekend without football if if the media was in charge this summer, but they're not. Yes. And luckily, we do get to watch football and all this craziness and excitement. Amen. All right. Well, we got a huge week coming up, so be sure to continue following us on social media at Punt and Pass, at Drew Butler, at Aaron Murray 11. Head on over to puntandpass.com, and we will talk to you later on this week. See you.